Hello and welcome to Newsmax Daily for Thursday, September 21st, 2023, International Day of Peace Day and World Gratitude Day. Established in Hawaii during an international conference back in 1965 as a day to slow down and appreciate the little things in life that can bring big joy to your life. Stop and smell the roses or focus on what you have and not what you don't have. Christians around the world are observing St. Matthew Day, commemorating the life and works of Matthew, one of the 12 apostles, and the author of the Gospel of Matthew. For some, it's St. Matthew Feast Day. Leading us to the food calendar, which says today is National Pecan or Pecan Cookie Day, which is why so many cookie recipes are trending. So whatever you're celebrating or observing on this Thursday, have a pecan cookie or three along the way. In the headlines, Russia is disrupting International Day of Peace by conducting more strikes overnight in Ukraine. This while Ukrainian President Zelensky remains here in the U.S. He spoke to world leaders at the UN General Assembly the other day alongside President Biden, you may recall. Today, Zelensky and President Biden will be meeting at the White House for the third time since the Russian invasion began. He is also expected to meet with members of Congress and the Pentagon. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. He'll be going up to Capitol Hill in the morning um, where he'll get a chance to meet with uh, both Republican and Democratic leaders. As I understand it from both houses, um, uh, and we certainly uh, uh, encourage that visit. We think it's really important for members of Congress to be able to hear directly from President Zelensky. Yeah, it's really important for him to meet with them personally because President Biden is trying to convince Congress to lock down another $24 billion of aid for Ukraine. $24 billion more. Many Republicans say they won't vote for it. On Wednesday, President Biden had a sit down with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in New York. This was a, a meeting that was long in coming and not entirely satisfactory to the Israelis for the simple reason that it took place on the sidelines of the U.N. General Assembly in New York and not, as would be traditional for a newly elected Israeli prime minister on the grounds of the White House. So a formal White House invitation still awaits Prime Minister Netanyahu. There were more than pleasantries in this conversation if you read between the lines. At one point, as President Biden, sometimes in that mumbling, stumbling way, reading from note cards, uh, not appearing altogether sharp, uh, you heard him reference the need to preserve checks and balances in each of our systems. And that was another veiled criticism of the judicial reforms that Prime Minister Netanyahu has been pursuing in his own country. The Israelis have told me that they think it was, quote, not wise for President Biden and his aides to criticize Mr. Netanyahu's pursuit of those judicial reforms, that it's not how one democracy treats another. That's Newsmax senior Washington correspondent James Rosen. So as I mentioned today, the Ukrainian president will go to the White House again, Capitol Hill, the Pentagon, parade around like he's part of the establishment. But the prime minister of Israel has yet to be invited to the White House. And side note, by the way, as the world awaits a meeting between President Biden and Chinese President Xi, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad landed in China today and is meeting with Xi. Last week, you know, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un met with Putin. 
Why? Why are all the world's largest enemies meeting and aligning? What's going on here? Questions that people should probably be starting to ask. Also happening in Washington. Quote, Mr. Weiss has full authority to bring cases in other jurisdictions if he feels it's necessary. That was your response, Attorney General, to Senator Grassley's question on March 1st, 2023. You just referenced it when Mr. Bishop was questioning you. Only problem is he'd already been turned down by the U.S. Attorney in the District of Columbia, Mr. Graves. So he didn't have full authority, did he? I had an extended conversation with uh, Senator Grassley at the time. We briefly touched on the Section 515 question and how that process went. Um, I've never been suggested... My point's real simple, Mr. Garland. You said he had complete authority, but he'd already been turned down. He wanted to bring an action in the District of Columbia, and the U.S. Attorney there said, no, you can't. And then you go tell the United States Senate under oath that he has complete authority. I'm going to say again that uh, no one had the authority to turn him down. They could refuse... Uh, to partner with him, they could you not. You can use whatever you, you, language. They, refuse to partner is turning down. Well, it's not the same under a well-known Justice Department practice. Here's why the statute of limitations question is important that Mr. Bishop was getting at just a few minutes ago. Here's why it's important. You let the statute of limitations lapse for 2014, 2015. Those were the years with the felony tax charges where Hunter Biden was getting uh, income from Burisma. One of the many heated exchanges between Attorney General Merrick Garland and Congressman Jim Jordan, chair of the House Judiciary Committee, in Wednesday's hearing. One last question real quick here. Uh, Who decided that David Weiss would stay on as U.S. attorney? uh, This occurred before I came. Mr. Weiss had been uh, kept on. I promised the... uh, No, I didn't say you can walk all through that. I said who decided? The White House decided. Mr. Weiss... They serve at the pleasure of the president, right? Mr. Weiss was... Joe Biden decided to keep David Weiss as U.S. attorney. Uh, you weren't sworn in until March. He was told he was going to stay on in February. Expired. Pretty fundamental question. Who decided David Weiss was going to stay as U.S. attorney in Delaware? Mr. Mr. Weiss, Chairman, your time has expired. Chairman, your time has expired. I'm waiting for an answer. Again, that's Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, questioning Attorney General Garland in a House hearing on the alleged weaponization of his DOJ and FBI. More from Greg Kelly. I know. I'm sick of him, too. Merrick Garland. One day of this stuff, and we've been chewing it over and chewing it over. And it's important that we do, because I think this man has a big role in bringing down this country, potentially on purpose, Look, uh, I saw some things that I don't think anybody else saw. I'll get to those in a moment. But we all saw that he was deceptive, that he was evasive, that he was obnoxious, and most of all, sanctimonious, huh? Sanctimonious. You know, we hear about Rhonda Sanctimonious, which is, but we sometimes forget. What does sanctimony mean? The action or practice of acting as if one were morally superior to other people. Well, that is Merrick Garland. Absolutely. Take a look. Attorney General, I need a simple yes or no to the following. Just yes or no, because we don't have much time. Do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Yes or no? Let me answer what you've said in that long list of... of, of not, it's, and I'll control be happy the, to answer all of those. Attorney General, just, I control the time. I'm going to ask you to answer well, the you, questions you, I asked. You ask. controlled time by asking me a substantial number of things. And I, let I me didn't give, ask you those things. I, I made a statement. The, Attorney will, General, through the chair, I ask you, do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Okay. 
Answer I have no question. idea what your what the traditional uh, means here. The Catholics, idea, let Catholics me just, that go I to church. Your, may I answer your question? Yes, the idea no. that someone with my family background would discriminate against any religion is so outrageous, Mr. so absurd. Mr. Well, it's exactly what your FBI did multiple times in multiple cities. What's he talking about? His family background. Well, kind of to preempt some of this criticism at the outset of the hearing, he told us that he lost his grandmother's sister in the Holocaust, which is awful. My wife, her ancestors, plenty of them were lost in the Holocaust. It doesn't mean she gets to push around Catholics today. And that's what our DOJ is doing. And I'm sorry, how about a straight answer? He had to be pushed and cajoled into finally saying not much. Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? I think that- Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? Everything in that memo is Are they extremists or not? I'm asking a simple question. Say no, if you think that was wrong. Catholics are not extremists, no. The question was, traditional Catholics, are they extremists? Now, I don't know what traditional means, so he dropped traditional. So let's say Catholics who do not believe that gay pride flag should be flown over schools, right? Um, are we traditional Catholics, right? Does that make us extremists? What's going on here? This is serious stuff. Greg Kelly reports weeknights at 9 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Also happening in Washington, a majority of the Senate backed Air Force Chief General Charles Q. Brown as the nation's next top U.S. military officer. Several others were also promoted. That had been blocked by Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville in a protest against the abortion policies that have been acted, uh, enacted by the Department of Defense last year. This has been going on for months and months. I've talked about this several times. I featured Senator Tuberville in the Newsmax Daily several times, including earlier this week. Let me remind you, Senator Tuberville was protesting the Defense Department policy providing paid leave and reimbursing the costs for uh, service members to travel to get an abortion. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis had also spoke out against the policy. We have a limited amount of money in a defense budget. We're running low on ammunition. Our recruiting is in the absolute gutter now. And you're funding abortion tourism? Is that really something that is helping to protect this country? Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer used a procedural maneuver to sidestep that blockade by Senator Tuberville. The vote was 83 to 11. Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show. Does America need pro-Democrat Republicans? That's the question we address in today's preamble. There have been several inflection points in the last two years where the GOP had the power and the opportunity to stand in the way of the destructive Marxist policies of the Democrats, but didn't. In some cases, the GOP actually piled on the pain, joining Democrats and really laying waste to our once- representative republic. After the GOP had won control over the House in the 2022 red fizzle, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, John Cornyn, and 15 other Senate Republicans, they tripped all over themselves to make sure the incoming House GOP had no ability to restrain Democrats' dangerous, irresponsible, and unsustainable spending. Joining in on the fleecing of America was bad enough. But the GOP senators there added insult to injury, led by Senator John Cornyn and other left-wing Republicans. The Uniparty voted for and passed a funding package that said, quote, 
none of the funds shall be used to hire permanent federal employees or to acquire, maintain, or extend border security technology and capabilities, except for technology and capabilities to improve border patrol processing. In other words, the GOP fully funded Joe Biden's efforts to usher in 7.5 million illegal aliens so far. They also ensured that the over 2 million known gotaways would have their numbers swell as well. The GOP locked arm in arm with the Democrats, opening the door to terrorists, ruthless gang members, and foreign military operatives. The Chris Salcedo Show must watch Newsmax TV afternoons at 4 o'clock Eastern. The border was also the topic of discussion on last night's balance with Eric Bowling. Here now to assess the Biden administration's ongoing border crisis failures and latest appointments of James Clapper, John Brennan, to a DHS Homeland Intelligence Experts group. Not sure if they're intelligent or experts in anything. As host of the Dan Bongino Show, good friend of mine, Dan Bongino. Good to have you back, my friend. What a day to get Dan on. The numbers are staggering, Dan. 45,000, Border Patrol tells us 45,000, 45, in five days, 45,000 encounters. That's what they catch. 9,100 in one day on Friday. They don't seem to want to stop this thing at all, do they? Well, why would they? I mean, you have to remember, they're the ones who talk about things like demographic destiny and stuff. This is their lines, Eric. I mean, just go look at it. There's a thousand supercuts on the Internet of Democrats talking about transformation at the border. I love when they somehow pin this on Republicans like we made this stuff up like and you're just literally playing clips of Democrats talking about how they use the border and the humanitarian crisis at the border for political power and enhanced political power. Let's be clear. We don't have a border. We have a freaking suggestion of a border. I mean, what's a border? It's like, do not stop. I mean, don't stop here, please. Or, or we'll say, do not stop again. Like, what, what, what we, we, this isn't a border. It's a sign. Stop or what? We're going to give you a ride to New York or Chicago? That's not a border. It's a suggestion. It's not a real thing. We don't have immigration law in this country. We have it, but no one pays attention to it. And it makes people like, you know, my wife, who, who came into the country legally, it makes them all look stupid. I bet people look back and they're like, you know, what the hell did I waste $10,000 on an attorney for to become a citizen of the United States? I could have got a free $10,000 phone, a flight to wherever I want to go, and probably a bunch of government benefits. So I should have walked across the border illegally. Again, yeah. we don't have a border. We have a suggestion. That's Dan Bongino and Eric Bowling on the Biden border crisis. I call it sanctuary remorse. There are some of our major cities, Dan, who are now saying sanctuary cities, uh, New York, L.A. Go, oh, oh, wait a minute. We can't handle all these immigrants. There's five or 10 million people coming into the country. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to, of course, they're going to wreck these sanctuary cities as well as the others. Yeah, you know, I always say uh, on my show that there's no one more embarrassed by liberalism than the modern liberal. I'm not a, I, I want to just take this out of immigration just for a second because it makes the immigration point even stronger on sanctuary cities. Ask a liberal about late-term abortion. Say, yeah, just tell us what it is. Tell us how it works for a minute. Oh, we can't talk about that. Dismembering kids and stuff. We don't want to talk about that. They'll make up a euphemism, right? There's no one more embarrassed about what they're doing than liberals, whether it's the abortion issue, whether it's voter ID. Oh, my gosh, black voters can't get voter ID. Really? 
Sounds kind of racist-y to me, doesn't it? Why, what's wrong with black voters? They can't figure out how to get a driver's license. The liberal, oh, no, that's not what I see. You ever notice? Li- no one's more embarrassed by liberals than, liber- than liberals. Uh, getting back to your question, sanctuary cities is a perfect example of this. They love them some sanctuary cities until the sanctuary came to their city. And then they were like, sanctuary cities suck. They'll forget the sanctuary city stuff. We're going to dump this. So there's nobody, that's something that's great about being a conservative. You never have to be a fake or a phony. I like tax cuts because I like them for everyone because the government sucks, right? I like to control my own health care. Liberals should control theirs too, right? I like school choice. I like it for your kids too. It's easy to be a conservative. The always entertaining Dan Bongino, who, by the way, also lives here in the great state of Florida. The Biden administration did quietly send more help to the U.S.-Mexico border yesterday, including 800 active service members, and they also expanded temporary status to nearly a half a million Venezuelans. It is going to be a busy day in Washington with everything we just spoke about and the continued negotiations to fund the government. Wake Up America spoke about it with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn this morning. Senator, it's great to have you back on this morning. Kevin McCarthy is is working to avoid this government shutdown. Uh, It's 10 days away if it does happen. A stopgap vote is expected today. Um, The AP picking up on the almost impossible task Uh, of trying to unite the House GOP to fund the government before September the 30th. This has been like herding cats. Uh, Do you expect this stopgap measure to pass today? From what we're hearing, it should pass and come out of the House. Then the Senate will take it up. And look, with a CR, which no one likes, everybody wants to get back to regular order and pass all of these bills. But the House is going to have to step up and do this. The spending originates there. The Senate has finished with their appropriations bills. They all spend too much money for me, but the work has been done. So let's push the House to the finish line and get something over to the Senate. No one wins in a government shutdown. Senator, this is Rick Grinnell. Do you think that your colleagues in the Senate are absolutely against a government shutdown no matter what, so that uh, it feels like a hostage situation that, that, you know, we've got to keep the government open, so send us something? Uh, Is that what you're hearing? Rick, the one person, pardon me, the one person cheering for a shutdown is Chuck Schumer. So... The Republican senators are saying, let's have the House send us something that we can work from so that we do not have that government shutdown. We know that when there is a shutdown, it's basically time off for federal workers. They're going to recoup everything. And we want to see the House continue with their investigations. We want to see them continue with their appropriations and in that work, get around to cutting into the baseline of what the government is spending. We've got to get the spending under control. It is completely out of control. That's Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn on Wake Up America. There is a lot going on in Washington and elsewhere, not to mention any potential breaking news throughout the day. So don't miss any of your favorite Newsmax shows today and tonight. Thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. And in the meantime, keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks. Every minute, 
every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.